Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is May 31st, 2022, and I uh, hope you guys had a great Memorial weekend. Um, take some time to relax and reflect and uh, hopefully some time to uh, pay your respects to those uh, fallen heroes who've given their lives in service to our country. Um, yeah, I was privileged to be a part of the uh, the Oldsmar Memorial Day ceremony yesterday um, and uh, offer the invocation at that ceremony. Very well done. Very nice. Uh, ran into some familiar faces there, which was awesome, which was a, a extra blessing. And um, yeah, had a good, had a good time. It was a, it was a great start to the day. Um, and so it was a good reminder of what this, uh, this season um, this day is all about, um, which, you know, it's always conversation of people get all these different, you know, patriotic holidays kind of confused and they all get meshed into one, but, um, basically your armed services day is for those active duty personnel Memorial day for those who specifically have died in service to our country. Uh, and then veterans, uh, for those who, you know, have retired, who are no longer in the military, um, uh, retired from service. So um, distinct holidays, distinct focus, um, obviously a good day to thank everyone who wears the uniform. Uh, but each holiday has a little different focus uh, for our country. And um, yeah, so um, also it was our first uh, weekend uh, camping. Uh, we took our trailer a new travel trailer that we picked up several months ago those of you guys are familiar with the podcast and the story we uh, bought a travel trailer so we went to ohio a few months back picked it up this weekend was our first uh multi-night stay and uh went well went real well we learned a lot of things you know from that one first uh from that this first trip we learned a lot there's a lot of tips and uh uh hacks as they say <laughs> camping hacks we learned <laughs> and still have plenty more to learn but we had a good time um and uh, have our next one planned here pretty soon so um yeah so i hope you had a good weekend hope you enjoyed the, maybe a hot dog hamburger uh round the round the grill with some friends and um thank you for being with us today so today we are uh so little housekeeping as you know we're on the podcast only now so there's no facebook live or instagram live throughout the summer so thank you for finding us um, and spending some time with us through the summer. Uh, tomorrow, uh, June, uh, Ju yeah, June 1st, we're going to be shifting our readings. So today we will continue with the readings we've been doing. So it's the seventh uh, week of Easter. But starting tomorrow, we're going to do uh, a proverb a day um, through the month of June. Now, there are 31 chapters, but we're going to do the 30. You know, we'll do 30 chapters together. Who knows? We may go ahead and do the 31st chapter on July 1st. Who knows? Um, but yeah. 
So we're going to, starting tomorrow, Proverb Day, it'll be great, man. Great, um, just practical wisdom for the summer. Just depositing wisdom into our minds and in our spirits throughout the summer, you know. Um, I think that's good. It'll be good. It'll be a nice little reprieve, a little, little, uh, uh, little uh, hiatus from our, uh, our readings that we've been doing through the Christian calendar throughout the whole year. So, uh, But today, so today we uh, are in, as I said, the seventh week of Easter. This Sunday is Pentecost. Um, so this Sunday is Pentecost Sundays, the celebration and uh, commemoration of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And so this is the final week leading up to that celebration, um, which starts um, the first, uh, the, uh, and then you start a whole new season. It's the, it's the Sundays after Pentecost. So we've been doing the Sundays after Easter. Uh, so another shift in the calendar happens this Sunday with Pentecost. And then the weeks begin to be counted as Sundays after Pentecost. And that is the longest season of the year. The, the, uh, the seasons after Pentecost uh, actually lead all the way back around to um, Advent. Yeah, they lead, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it leads all the way back around to Advent. So yeah, 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 that's how long it lasts. So, um, so you have uh, this season from after Easter to Pentecost, and then basically it's the church. Um, the church, uh, the rest of the year was the kind of sort of the church, right? The, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit through the church and in the world. Yeah. All right, well, let's jump into the, today's readings. Today's readings will take us to Ezekiel chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 6, and Luke chapter 9. All right, let's do it. You know what we do? We read, we pray. We changed the world. Welcome, everybody. So glad to have everybody with us today. And uh, let's do this. Luke, uh, Ezekiel chapter 4, verses 1 through 17. Now, son of man, take a block of clay, put it in front of you, and draw the city of Jerusalem on it. Okay, take the block of clay, draw the city of Jerusalem on the clay. Okay, then lay siege to it. Just start beating the crap out of the clay. <laughs> uh, uh, it, yeah, we ever try to make a project and it doesn't work. Oh, you piece of junk. Yeah, well, so basically, you take a block of clay, put Jerusalem on it, and you lay siege to it. Erect siege works against it. Build a ramp up to it. Set up camps against it and put battering rams around it. Then take an iron pan, place it as an iron wall between you and the city, and turn your face toward it. It will be under siege, and you shall besiege it. This will be a sign to the people of Israel. Well, pretty clear sign, right? I mean, not left, not much left, not much ambiguity there. Pretty much a pretty clear object lesson that uh, Israel is the clay, and it is about to be pounded. Verse 4. Then lie on your left side and put the sin of the people of Israel upon yourself. You are to bear their sin for the number of days you lie on your side. I have assigned you the same number of days as the years of their sin. So for 390 days, you will bear the sin of the people of Israel. Wow. Interesting thing, you know, he's here Ezekiel is um, providing a, a visual uh, parable, as, you, as it were, of 
what God is going to do to the people of Israel. And so he's living out. That's the crazy thing about prophets, man. They lived, they, their lives were a, uh, a, were a prophecy. You know, they'd only, they, only, they not only spoke prophetic words, their lives were a prophecy. They lived it out. They lived out the message. They communicated their message with their, their lives. I mean, the most obvious and, and perhaps graphic and, uh, is Haggai, right? I'm sure. I'm sorry, not Haggai. Um, who am I thinking of? Hosea. Hosea, sorry. Hosea, who you know, is called to marry a prostitute. I mean, he marries this woman, and she turns out to be a prostitute, and, he, and, and God tells her to take her back. And this is an example, an illustration of God and Israel, who chases after other gods, but God continues to take her back. His, Hosea's life was an illustration. And here, Ezekiel, you know, again, it's a reminder that these prophets, their, their lives were, were the prophecies. And here he lays on his side for 390 days, representing the number of years that God is carrying the sins of the people. Wow, verse 6. After you, had, after you have finished this, lie down again, this time on your right side, and bear the sins of the people of Judah. Wow. So the divided kingdom of Israel and Judah, he's bearing the sins of Israel, then he bears the sins of Judah. Apparently Israel was much worse <laughs> because Israel, he has to lay for 390 days, Judah's 40 days. <laughs> uh, verse 7, turn your face back towards toward the siege of Jerusalem and with bared arm prophesy against her. I will tie you up with ropes so that you cannot turn from one side to the other until you have finished the days of your siege. Hmm. Take the wheat and barley, beans and lentils, millet and spelt, put them in a storage jar and use them to make bread for yourself. You are to eat it during the 390 days you lie on your, on your side. Weigh out the 20 shekels of food to eat each day and eat it at set times. Also measure out a sixth of hen of water and drink it at set times. Um, eat the food as you would a loaf of barley. Uh, a loaf of barley bread. Bake it in the sight of the people using human excrement for fuel. Yeah, we read that right. Eat the food as you would a loaf of barley. Bake it in the sun. Bake it. Oh, bake it. Bake it with poop. <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. That's nasty. Oh, man. Whew. Bake it with poop. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Wow. Wow. That's something there. Um. The Lord said, in this way, the people of Israel will eat defiled foods among the nations where I will drive them. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, we've all thought, man, this tastes like poop. Um, <laughs> basically, God is showing them, you're going to go to these defiled lands and you're going to eat their poopy food, their unclean food. And Ezekiel's living. Man, it was hard to be a prophet, man. <laughs> it wasn't an easy calling, man. Not only do people not like you most of the time, but you got to eat poop sometimes. Uh, 
that's life, man. Sometimes you just gotta you just gotta eat eat crow, as they say. Well, this is a little different. He's doing this to show them the the defilement that they're going to experience. Then I said, "Not so, sovereign Lord. I have never defiled myself from my youth until now. I have never eaten anything found dead or torn by wild animals. No impure meat has ever entered my mouth, and I sure ain't never ate no poop." He didn't say that, but he's never said. He said, "Never entered my mouth." Verse thirteen. Verse 15, very well. He said, I will let you bake your bread over cow dung instead of human egg. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I've never been so thankful for cow poop. Uh, you, this is in the Bible, people. You think, you think this is crazy? This is in the Bible. This is, this is the holy word of the Lord <laughs> making a point very vividly. He then said to me, Son of man, I'm about to cut off the food supply in Jerusalem. The people will eat ration food in anxiety and drink ration water in despair. For food and water will be scarce. There will be, they will be appalled at the sight of each other and will waste away because of their sin. Wow. Wow. It's a somber reminder, man, of what's about to happen to Jerusalem, right? They're about to be uh, destroyed. And, uh, and God is using Ezekiel to to awaken them to the seriousness of the situation they're about to enter. Wow. And so, so unlike the, the prosperity prophets of today, right? They never they never tell you that. Like, like there's some prof, there's some guys out there, some some positive, you know, preachers and stuff that I like, I listen to occasionally. I mean, if you ever want, if you're ever feeling bad, they're great to listen to. You know them, I know them. You know, they have big churches and and some one of them is down in uh near the Gulf, Gulf South. Uh I won't I won't I won't disparage the name but um but the thing about that is it's it's never this kind of prophetic word it's always you know a breakthrough is coming your your windfall is coming your healing is coming god is god is a uh, uh is uh is transitioning you up god is god is shifting you to a higher place it's always it's always that it's never like you know what you're about to enter a season of crisis you're about to hear, see, enter a season of darkness. It's never that. But these prophets, and that, that was the, I mean, honestly, that was, the, that, was wrong, that was what was wrong with the prophets in the Old Testament. They never told the hard truth. They only told, oh, you'll be fine, king. Remember that's what Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel, his, king, his, uh, his wise men, they just told him good stuff. It cost them their lives because they were lying. <laughs> but the prophets of God spoke the truth, even when it was hard. Spoke the truth even when it was hard. Yeah, man, it's a good message and reminder for us. You know, we gotta listen. Be be weird, be be leery of prophets who only tell you always good news. I'm not saying we need to fill our minds with negativity, but I'm saying someone who is claiming to be a prophetic voice and is only saying, you know, good, good, great, better, uh, more glorious, bigger, more money, more this, more that, more power. You gotta ask yourself. Are they really telling the whole truth here? And the short answer is no, they can't be. Because life isn't always uh, shifting you up, shifting you higher, making you I mean more with more power, giving you more money. No, man, that's that's the that's the spirit and influence of this world. That's not the kingdom of Christ. Hebrews chapter six. Hebrews chapter six. 
Uh, we know God is for us. We know that every good and perfect gift comes from above, but we also know that the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike, that the righteous do suffer, that righteous do face hardship. And we've got to have the, the wisdom to know how to handle it and what to do when we, how, to, how to remain faithful through it. Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 12. Let's do it. Welcome, everybody. Therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. You know, a little bit of what I'm sharing right there is about being mature, right? I mean, immature Christians just want to be told that everything's going to be great. Everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be good. You're going to get everything you want. That's, in, that's immaturity. You've got to move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken toward maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God instruction about cleansing rites and laying of on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, these are elementary teachings of the... Now, they're true, but they're the basics. You, get, you don't move by past them. I mean, they're the foundation upon which our faith is built, but we can't just keep rehearsing them over and over. Faith in God, cleansing, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. I mean, these are basics. And God permitting, we will do so. It is impossible for those who have been once enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the power of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. Hmm. This is the uh, verse that uh, a lot of people on the debate of eternal security land on, right? The idea of eternal security is basically this, once saved, always saved, right? Is that true? The idea that once you receive Christ, once you accept Christ, can you ever turn away from him? Can you ever uh, refuse your salvation, um, turn away from Christ? Uh, there's a whole camp of uh, Christ followers who say, no, you can't. Once you receive Christ, that's you're a Christian always. Um, others say, uh, yes, you can receive Christ. God, Christ. God didn't make you become a Christian. He's not going to make you stay one if you don't, if your, your will desires otherwise. Um, but this, this uh, verse is uh, instructive. It says, it's impossible for those who have been once enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the coming age, and, have fought to, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. Um, basically, I think what the writer is saying is, like, if, if none of this has worked to keep them close to Christ, then, they, then, then nothing will work. <laughs> I mean, if they can neglect all of this, if they can uh, taste the heavenly gift, or if they can share in the Holy Spirit, if they can do all these things and they turn away, uh, what else is going to save them? What else remains to save them? Um, I do get, I mean, to my Calvinist brothers and sisters who do think that if, you know, once you receive Christ, you can never turn away, I get what they're saying here. Um, they're saying someone who's truly saved, someone who truly experiences all the goodness of God, truly experiences the depth of salvation, uh, really under, understands and experiences the goodness of God and the powers of the coming age, uh, the, Cal, the Calvinist brother or sister would say, that person can never turn away. They're going to they're gonna stay. The way they get around, the way this argument often goes is, so what about the person who does turn away? Well, they never were saved to begin with. <laughs> Well, so it's really, really becomes a mute point, right? Really becomes just a little, little uh, semantics at, to some degree. Um, so the person who says you can fall away says, yeah, that person really was a Christian, and they really did turn away. 
the person who says you can't lose your salvation says, well, to the, about the person who turns away, uh, they actually never did uh, truly receive Christ. <laughs> so they're, we're both saying they're in, a, they're, they're in dire straits here in their, in their, their spiritual lives. It's just a matter of whether they at one time had truly been saved or not. To their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and rejecting him and subjecting him to public disgrace. Land that drinks in the rain, often falling on it, that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed, receives the blessing of God. But the land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. Even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are convinced of better things in your case, the things that have to do with salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. Man, do you know that God's not going to forget your good work, man? He's not going to forget what you've done. He's not going to, if you think what you're doing, no one sees, God sees. You think the, 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 the service that you're offering to others in the name of Jesus is being uh, uh, unaccounted for? No, it's not. He, he's accounting for it. He's watching it. He's, he, he's not going to let that go unknown or unrewarded. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end so that what you hope for may be fully realized. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who, through faith and patience, inherit what has been promised. Yeah. Yeah, man. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to, to, uh, to grow and develop. Move past the elementary things. Move, move past being a toddler in the faith and be... Uh, and, and grow up into maturity. Yeah. All right, let's jump over to Gospel of Luke. Welcome, everybody. Good word today. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verses 51 through 62. When I get to it, if I can ever get to it here, Luke 9. I'm there. Luke 8, 9. Okay, okay, all right. Here we are, Luke 9, Luke 9, 51 through 62. Mm -hmm. 51, here we go. All right, as, as the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead who went into some, a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people, were, people there did not welcome him because he was heading for Jerusalem. See, the Samaritans didn't like uh, the Jews, and they didn't like uh, people who were worshiping in Jerusalem. They had their own place of worship. When his disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he and his disciples went to another the village. Went to another village. Mm. Now I don't want you. I don't want you to because um, I came for them. I came. Jesus is basically saying, "I came to give my life for them, man." Jews and Jews and Gentiles, Samaritans. I, I came to give my life for them. Verse fifty-seven. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, "I will follow you wherever you go." Really? Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. 
But he replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. It seems, you know, Jesus, this idea of let me first go bury my father is basically let me, you know, stay until my father is dead. And then after my father is dead, um, then, then I'll follow you. And once, once those obligations my, to my family are done, then I'll follow you. And Jesus is like, uh, the spiritually dead can bury the spiritually dead. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Proclaim, proclaim the kingdom of life. It's the idea of excuses, man, right? God asks us to do something, we start making excuses. Well, let me wait to do this. Well, one day when this happens. Well, once I get, you know, once I get married, well, then once we have kids, once I get that promotion, once I make a little more money, once we get settled down in this, once we pay off this debt, once we, once we, once... let the dead bury their own dead. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. <laughs> Stop the excuses and follow the Lord. It's like, you know, just for even sometimes people even taking their next steps in Christ. Yeah, well, once I, you know, I will be baptized. I'll buy, I'm, I'm going to get baptized. I really am. I'm going to get baptized once I you know, quit this habit, or once I learn a little bit more of the Bible, or once, you know, the weather's nice, and once the, 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 the beach, when you have another beach baptism, when you do another baptism indoors, when you do another baptism at night, when you do another baptism, you know, when the stars are aligned, and when, you know, when I'm feeling really good, and when, you know, I'm down 20 pounds, then, and then when, you know, I've, I've memorized um, the first three chapters of John, I'm like, stop it. Stop making excuses. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Go and be obedient to the Lord. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus said, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Wow. This is a savage Jesus right here, y'all. This is Jesus like raising the temperature. He's saying, look, it's time to stop playing. You guys are just making excuses. This isn't about going to say goodbye to your family. This is about you turning away. This is about you not sticking to what you've committed to. It's the Hebrews chapter 6. You tasted the heavenly calling. Now you want to go back and do something. Look, if you really believe this thing is true, you're going to give all to it. Right? If you really believe this is all. If you believe this is true. If you believe I'm the son of God. If you believe that I am the entrance uh, of a new day and the, and the uh, inaugurator of the kingdom of God, then... Really? Any excuse? Seriously? No, man. Put your hand to the plow. You finish what you start. You go for it. You go all in. When God calls us, man, it's... Uh, and, and we really taste uh, the goodness and graciousness of God. Um, we want to go. You think... Think about when you were first a Christian. You know, some of us who have been Christian a while, man, when God, when you first tasted the goodness of God, it's like, whatever he wants me to do, I'll do it. I'm so happy to have new life. I'm so glad to be redeemed. I'm so glad to have a, a second chance on life. I'm so glad to have this hope, this peace, this joy, this purpose in my life. Whatever he wants, I'm in. And then over time, you start making excuses. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I got to do this thing first. Yeah, well, I I know. I, it's yeah, but we can wait. I can I gotta do this. Ah. Jesus Jesus is raising the ante. He says, anyone who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for service in the kingdom of God. Put your hand to the plow and go for it. Keep going. 
What's God called you to? It's a good reminder here as we wrap up this season of, of readings as we shift gears tomorrow. What has God called you to? If you put your hand to the plow, finish. Finish. What is he, what is he calling you to? What, what is it that maybe God has been asking you to do? We, we've been making excuses. And God says, you know, he's just kind of cut through the fog, cut through the, through the, uh, the facade, and he's like, no, no. Um, but the dead can bury their own, own dead. You go and proclaim the kingdom of God. You do the right thing. You do what I've called you to do. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys for being on today. Hey, let's, uh, let's pray. You know, we do. We read, we pray, we change the world. We're praying now. <laughs> Thanks for being on. Let's do it. Lord, thank you so much for your holy word. Thank you for your goodness and grace. Uh, thank you for saving us and redeeming us. Thank you for giving us the keys to the kingdom insight into all the goodness and graciousness of your kingdom. We ask, Lord, that we would be uh, obedient. Lord, give us the strength and the power to say yes. Lord, help us to resist the enemy that causes us to make excuses or to hesitate or to be diverted. Lord, today we say yes to you. Whatever you ask us of us today, Lord, we pray that we would step toward it without hesitation, that we would be obedient. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for saving us and loving us. Thank you for the, allowing us to taste the heavenly gift of salvation. We know it is from you, and we are thankful for it. Lord, I pray for my friends today, whatever needs they have going on, whatever issues they're facing, mountains they must climb. Lord, I pray that you'd give them the strength, the ability, the power, the fortitude uh, to do it gracefully and, and, uh, and um and successfully. Lord, thank you so much for this time to, together. We pray your blessing and give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you for finding it. Thank you for sharing it, subscribing to it, liking it, all of those things, um, and uh, spreading the word about the podcast. We really appreciate that, and uh, you guys are loved. Tomorrow, we'll start um, the book of Proverbs, and uh, dig into that practical wisdom. Some good old horse sense from the Word of God. All right, you guys, we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up, subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.